Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Speak for Yourself, Marcel Swally. He's Emmanuel Acho, and happy Memorial Day. And thank you to all the members of the military, past and present, for your service. Now let's get it started in the NBA playoffs and start cooking some barbecue time where the Celtics were up by double digits in the fourth quarter. But Jimmy Butler still had a shot to go ahead with a three-pointer in the closing seconds. But he did not make it, and Boston went on to win Game 7. Next up are the Warriors, who are slight favorites in the NBA Finals, according to Fox Bet Sportsbook. Sacho, you giving the Celtics a chance against the Warriors? Absolutely not. Um, but first, before we get into all that, shout out to the Celtics for getting to this point. Shout out to the shout Celtics out. for giving us the matchup that we deserve. Yes. We're about to see phenomenal guard play. Mm. Smart, pull. Clay Brown, mm. Tatum, Steph, I cannot yes. Yes. wait. Yes. Kudos to the Celtics for representing the East. But there's no chance. There's, there's just no <laughs> chance that, oh, the, really? that the Celtics win this matchup. Now, I have liked the Celtics. I hated the fact that they mm. knocked out my dog Giannis Ugo Antetokounmpo. However, I do, in fact, like the Celtics. We just have to be real about this matchup. Mm. The Celtics are the knockoff version of the Warriors. Ooh, let's the go. Celtics are Sierra Missed to Sprite. The Celtics are Mr. Pibb to Dr. Pepper. The Celtics are the snack-sized version of the king-sized Warriors. Mm. Anything that the Celtics can do, mm. the Warriors can do better. The Celtics have a player in Jason Tatum trying to become an all-time great. The Warriors have Steph Curry, an all-time great. Yeah. The Celtics have a head coach, Ime Udoka, rookie head coach in the NBA championship game. The Warriors have a head coach and Steve Kerr, who won the NBA championship his first year as a coach. The mm. Celtics have a defensive forward who can do some things in Al Horford. The Warriors have Draymond Green, a defensive player of the year. Anything mm. that the Celtics do, the Warriors do better. The Celtics mm. are Steve Madden, if you will. The Warriors are Chanel. I'm about to say, who wearing that? Okay. So, I love mm. the Celtics. The only problem is they're a knockoff version of the Warriors. Okay. The Warriors have already done everything the Celtics are trying to do. That is why I'm not giving them a chance. Celtics have played some good ball thus far. They didn't play good ball last series. Let's not get it twisted. But they've played good ball thus far. Knocking off the Bucks, that was some good ball. Mm. But when you're talking about the Warriors, Sal, you're talking about a team that has been here before, a team that is uber talented, a team that has a phenomenal head coach and a phenomenal coaching staff, and a team that is just as hungry, if not hungrier. I love me some Celtics, Mm. but I love the Warriors more. So can I sum up what you just said right now, which is basically they have a chance and that chance is no chance. Okay, that's the only chance they have. Interesting. I'm on the other side, big dog. First of all, you know, on any given Sunday or in this situation, any given Thursday, uh, you got a shot. Now, why do they have more than just a shot? This is the best defensive team that the Warriors going to face this postseason. Mm-hmm. This is also a deeper, more balanced offensive team than the Warriors going to face this season. The road for the Warriors to get here 
It's not been easy, but let's just say it wasn't as hard as advertised. When you go into a series and all you see is Jokic, you don't see Murray, you don't see Porter Jr. You go into a series, you see Ja Moran, and then it turns into just Jay. No Ja. Where is he? He misses part of that series to most of that series. All of a sudden, the Golden State Warriors are resting, and they may rest on their laurels in this same respect. They're not as conditioned. They haven't been through the rigors. They haven't been as battle-tested as these Boston Celtics, who swept the Brooklyn Nets, who then see the champions and beat them, and then go another seven-game series against the number one seed. You talking about lathered up? You talking about ready for the moment? The Boston Celtics have arrived. Now, going against the Golden State Warriors, obviously the first thing you got to tell yourself is you're not facing the dynasty of the Golden State Warriors. You're not facing Steph Curry of old. You're facing this version of Steph Curry. And this version of Steph Curry is now coming with someone else who's not the same Batman or Robin as you want to call it. Jordan Poole is now replacing Kevin Durant. Jordan Poole is not Kevin Durant. Jordan Poole's going to be put in a situation he's never been in before. Jason Tatum's going to be in that same position. Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown's going to be in that same mm -hmm. position. Here's the thing. When you look at what Jordan Poole's going to be asked to do, it's going to be different than what the Boston Celtics going to ask him to do. Because the first thing they're going to look at their star players to say is go out there with effort, intensity, and play defense. Let the game come to you. With Jordan Poole, it's not that because, one, he doesn't play defense. Two, they're going to say we need buckets. That's a different stress when you're talking about the Golden State Warriors counting on their rookie in the postseason championship game versus Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. All this is going to add up into an intensity matchup that the Golden State Warriors – just frankly, haven't faced this postseason just yet. Part of that's because they've been balling. Part of that's because the role's been easy. Part of that now, they're rested, going to come into a situation where another team who's been to two seven-game series is ready for the haymaker. I like your take, Sal, but you have to remember, just as the Celtics are a knockoff version of the Warriors, the Celtics have faced knockoff versions of their opponents each and every game thus far. The Brooklyn Nets were a knockoff version of themselves. Mm. Nets started the season with James Harden with mm. the big three. Traded James Harden to get Ben yeah. Simmons. Yeah. Ben Simmons does not show up yeah. in the playoffs. So the Celtics faced a knockoff version of the Nets in round one. Okay. Round two, the Celtics faced a knockoff version of the Bucs. Mm. The Bucs have a two-headed monster in Chris Middleton. But Chris Middleton didn't play the entirety of the series, and the Celtics still almost got knocked off while playing a knockoff version mm. of the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. Now game, uh, uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Right. The Celtics face a knockoff version of the Heat and still almost get knocked off while facing a knockoff version of the Heat. Heat didn't have Tyler Hero for three and a half games. Yep. Heat didn't have Kyle Lowry for two games. And Heat had a, a hobble Jimmy Butler for the last three games. So the Celtics, which are a knockoff version of the Warriors, have almost gotten knocked <laughs> off <laughs> while facing knockoff versions of their opponents mm. in the Nets, in the Bucks, mm. and in the Heat. I just don't have a ton of confidence in the Celtics this year. Mm. Got a ton of confidence in the Celtics going forward. But of all the teams and all the players I believe in in the history of the game of basketball, Ooh. you know I believe in no one more than Steph Curry. You know that. I, I talk about that I, every I, show. I we don't, don't talk about I, I do. I do. I, I believe don't know in why. no one more than Steph Curry. I don't know why. I just refuse to believe that a Celtics team, which was taken to Game 7 by a knockoff version of the Bucks, hmm. and taken to Game 7 by a knockoff version of the Heat, 
are going to come in and knock off the Warriors. Mm. I just don't see, Sal, how the understudy this time around mm. is going to surpass the teacher, how the student mm. is going to overcome. I don't see how it happens. Oh, man, life's a competition between you and yourself. Correct. You keep talking about who the Warriors are going to face and how they're knockoffs. The, the Warriors are a knockoff version of the Warriors, if you really want to get there. Is this the dynastic Warriors of old? I think so. Uh, you think so? Oh, so. oh, you didn't say that with your chest, though. I wonder why. Well, I have no evidence. <laughs> exactly. I have no so, evidence. so, therefore, they're not. Right now, here's the evidence that they're not what they were with Kevin Durant. Here's the evidence that they're not the clear favorite. They're a slight favorite over a team that just went to two seven-game series against knockoffs, according to you. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because this is not the Warriors of old. So, therefore, if you're the Celtics, don't think that they're the Warriors of old. That's why I made the Jordan Poole conversation and comment. Now, you face these Warriors. How can you beat these Warriors? You can't. <laughs> really? Okay, the same Warriors who went against the Nuggets. Now, they handle business. They ain't play with their food. 4-1-4-2-4-1. Stop playing these games. But the Nuggets had one of three knockoffs. The Grizzlies had 1.7 of what their ones are supposed to be, right? And the Mavericks only had one. They came in as advertised. No knockoffs here, just cheap. All right, they don't have enough. So the Warriors' road has been easier. Then who, then what? Then what the Celtics have no, faced. No, 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 don't no, no, do, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. You trying to tell me if the, the Bucks without Middleton. No, no, let's go. Right, let's start series to series. Yes, the Nets versus one player Nuggets. Who wins that? I think they're equal. We can't talk. Okay. Kyrie that. and I'll KD versus Jokic. They're not a good team. They have good talent. They're, they're not a good in team. In that series. Take the Nets one. Fine. Take okay. Uh, Grizzlies without Ja Morant versus. Ja played. Ja played. He played missed two, he missed the last two games. So you're going to go here and Middleton, miss it. Middleton didn't play any game, oh, yeah. sir. Like, oh, not yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Not one. Yeah, yeah. But you still got the champions versus the Grizzlies. <laughs> Come on, man. So even if you, you want to hate my argument, you got to understand it. That was a different role. Neither role was as difficult sure. as advertised. Sure, sure, sure. But that's still a different role. The Mavericks or the Heat? The Heat had nobody. Oh, uh, they ended up with nobody. They started off with everybody. And then they just got there, the war of attrition. And that's the point. But going through that war of attrition, they survived it. And you they know did. they're knuckled they up. They're scarred up. They're lathered up versus the Warriors. It's like, all right, we good. We good against who, though? You're good against not complete teams. So it's just going to be interesting. I think Vegas got this right. To me, the slight edge is to the Warriors because who can remove from their head the dynasty, the, the, the core of players that have been through championship success? But at the same time, you got to respect what these Celtics have been through. No, well no. coached, great defense, deep balance, and they've been through the no, wars. No. They might finish this. I'm going to get like, here's my thing. I hate because I'm such a Warriors fan. Mm. It's going to sound like I'm spewing a ton of Celtics hate until it's over. I'm telling you right now because I love me some Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Celtics did get here. Like, respect to them for Mm -hmm. getting here. I Mm -hmm. cannot at all take that away from them. Celtics, I think, are the best team. We're the best team in the Eastern Conference. I'm not just talking about final results. I've always said top to bottom. At the point in which you got Grant Williams coming in and giving you 27 points in a must-win game. Pritchard, who only played two minutes yesterday, can come in and give you eight points in eight minutes and a quarter. Like, at the point in which from uh, start of the depth chart to bottom of the depth chart, you got dudes who can give you buckets. Respect to the Celtics. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at the Warriors and saying, all that stuff the Celtics can do, the Warriors can do that and some. So, really? Paul comes Defensive off the bench and gives you 30. Yeah. Like, yeah. Paul comes off like, like it's nothing, mm-hmm. comes off the bench and gives you 30. Right. Andrew Wiggins is back in his all star 
bad. Yeah, yeah. Draymond Green, he only going to give you nine, eight, and eight. Mm-hmm. But it's still going to be a collective defensive effort. Clay Thompson, forget game six, Clay. It was game five, Clay, last time around. And I haven't even mentioned Steph Curry yet. So mm-hmm. if you can almost let Jimmy Butler beat you single-handedly, Giannis beat you single-handedly, <laughs> this is not a knockoff Warriors version. This is a third iteration of the Warriors, but I don't think this is a knockoff. Warriors are coming full throttle, big dog. Thus far, the Celtics have needed the opponents to be injured to get dubs. Mm. Not the Celtics' fault. They didn't necessarily injure the opponents, but the Celtics needed Middleton hurt to get a dub. Uh. They needed Hero hurt to get a dub, and to some degree, Kyle Lowry. Mm. And thank goodness Ben Simmons didn't play, but even if Ben Simmons did play, I do believe the Celtics would have won that series. No shade to the Celtics. Mm. The Warriors coming in full throttle. Foot, uh, foot to the gas. There's just not a chance. Like, I want there to be. There's not a chance? Not a chance. L- look at these versions. Steph Curry is a lesser version of the dynastic Steph Curry. You got to say that. You see it in the production, and you see it in maybe just the fact that he is letting others share. But he always did. Yeah. He but, always did. But he always let against him. He always let KD. You say he let KD. KD took it. But allowed KD to be KD, right? But even when Steph Curry was Steph Curry, he was more than this. So here's the thing. Now you got Klay Thompson doesn't even – he's right at 20 points yeah, a game but a in the postseason. Yep. He's, he's just notched down. Yes, Steph Curry, notched down or the same, but Steph's not a notch down. Steph's the same. Okay, the same. Yes, I'll give you that. You got Klay, a notch down. Then you add Poole and Wiggins, but Poole and Wiggins is not KD and what? Old Iggy, where you going? Like, that's the difference. So this is the mental math you got to play because you got to figure out a way. You know you got a chance because you're playing them. How do you have a greater chance is that you don't play yourself in thought. <laughs> if you play against the Golden State Warriors, you see the jerseys first. You see the colors first. You see the rafters first. Then you got to start looking at the players and you think that they're the exact same. That's not how it goes. So let's say Steph is the same. Clay ain't. But you're going to look at Clay like old Clay or new Clay. I like this. Old Clay. Poole hasn't been here before, and Poole is still a lesser version, and Wiggins is a lesser version, or at least a less reliable version, than Captain Durant and Andre Iguodala, or whoever you want to name as the other guys. Draymond's the same, if not a step down from before. So that's my point. Right now, the question is, do they have a chance? Yes. Do they have a greater chance is my argument, and I say hell yes. Think about this. If you were not a professional athlete, I would let you slide with that take. But because you were at the highest level for a long time, I can't. Let me have you verbalize it. Hmm. When you first came into the league, you told me, 35 reps at 225 on bench. <clears throat> for context, I only did 25 minus one. I did 24. Hey. 38-inch vert? 39 and a half. 39 and a half. I, I stopped vert. counting. Though. I Stop got up count. Yeah, For I got context, it. I only did a 35. Mm. You came into the league and were a physical athlete mm. freak. Yeah, yeah. But at around 27, 28, Woo. I would assume the athleticism started to wane a little bit, mm-hmm. but the mental capacity started to improve a little yes, bit. Yes, so yes, though yes. Marcellus Wiley was deteriorating athletically, yeah. he was increasing mentally. Let's go. So you couldn't really tell the difference. Mm-hmm. What I would say about the Warriors is the same thing that every athlete goes through and Marcellus Wiley went through. Yeah. Though the Warriors physically are not the same as they were in 2015. We know Draymond isn't. Clay obviously is hurt. He's not. Steph Curry, to me, really no difference. But Draymond, Clay, they're not the same physically. I think mentally, from a team perspective, the Warriors have increased to the point where you cannot notice their physical decay. Why do mm. I bring that up? 
I believe it was game one versus the Grizzlies, round two, Warriors, Grizzlies, John Moran, ball in his hands, go for a two for one, big dog. You got about 30 seconds left. Put up a shot with 30 seconds left, you can get the ball back. You're only down by one. But John Morant mentally did not realize what to do in that moment. Yeah. Warriors capitalize. Warriors win by one point, if I'm not mistaken, go one, game one. I'm going off the top of my head. So with all that being said, what the Warriors have lacked in their physical ability they are making up for with the team aspect and the team attributes of everything. Mm. I don't think that we're going to notice the fact that Clay is older, Dre is older, because the Warriors are a collectively better team than they were in 2014, in 2015 and 2016. Is Poole Kevin Durant? Absolutely not. But Poole don't need to be Kevin Durant. Mm. Poole just need a boy Poole. Yeah. Give him 30 points. Oh, I love That's it. what KD was doing. I love Andrew it. Wiggins. He can play better defense than uh, KD was playing. And remember, this is where now KD... Now we stop, 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 stop. You know them boys flew to the Hamptons because they were like, you seven feet too. And that defense showed up in, when the Golden KD State Warriors. KD blocked four shots and all of a sudden he became a king of life. Like, let's you know, stop. To let you KD know. was not Bruce Bowen in his prime, the, people. They were, Calm down. They were having defensive decisions to make and one of them was to get a seven-footer who could also all bring I'm the ball up. All I'm saying is they don't need Kevin Durant. They just need Ooh. Poole to be Poole, uh, Wiggins to be Wiggins, yeah. and they're going to win 4-1. to one. Well, let me, God dang. Uh, let me not do TV up here. They don't need Kevin Durant. Obviously, they're Correct. here again. <laughs> so, but it would have been nice to have Kevin Durant. They did not even have a conversation of who's going to beat them until Kevin Durant got hurt. Remember that. that when Kevin Durant showed up at Golden State, we're not losing until that guy or one of us, Steph Curry or him, is gone. And then Kevin Durant was first. And then it, they, they lost. That was it. It was just that simple. This is not that simple. The macro conversation is about the physical talent. That's why it matters if Steph is not the same. It matters if Clay's not the same. You know how it, how it goes in the game. If I'm just going to out-physical you with my talent, it ain't even going to get down to this experience, micro-decision conversation of savvy. We're not going there because you can't even keep up with me. It's when physically I'm in the same world as you, the same realm, and then mentally I can execute on you in this moment. So as we do in our, our situations in football, what do we call it? Situational football. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in basketball. If you're getting ran up and down the floor, who cares about your experience? And that's the thing. Boston defensively can hold Golden State in check. Look at this. This is crazy. You, who do you think is a better three-point shooter this postseason? Tatum or Steph Curry? You're asking me, so Tatum. Wrong. It's Steph Curry. You don't even trust your own opinions. It's Steph Curry by half a percent. Now, uh, Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown got him. Uh, Horford. Mm, Horford got him. Steph Curry wasn't in this conversation before talking about who's going to outshoot me from three. Now he's in that conversation now. Here's the thing. The, the Golden State Warriors know if they come out and play physical, market smart ball, mm -hmm. they come out with intensity, and they come out with that deep team that can play defense, this is going to be a task. Now, if they come out there and we have the inconsistent Jason Tatum, yep. you already know, we have Jalen Brown who's good, great, but not the mm -hmm. top tier then we're going to have a conversation to Golden State trying to go 4-2-4-1. But the same Golden State Warriors who were down 55, the same Golden State Warriors that lost to John Moran and the Grizzlies by 39, the same Golden State Warriors that were split after that game when John Moran was really playing, I don't know, big dog. I think they got a chance.
Actually, the way I sound, they got a good chance. Coming up, we don't think week seven in the USFL is officially done till we give you our best moments from an exciting weekend. But first, Steph Curry is about to play in his sixth NBA Finals. That's a beast. Tell you what's at stake for the Warriors superstar next on Speak for Yourself. So you said 4-1, right? 4-1. Curry is coming off being named Western Conference Finals MVP after his team eliminated the Mavericks a few days ago. Now... The squad is set to face the Celtics in the NBA Finals. Woo, we've been waiting for this one. Now, this is Golden State's sixth trip to the Finals in the last eight seasons. First time since four, six, eight years. Mm. Steph, three-time NBA champ, but he's never won Finals MVP. Oh, that's Cell it. tells okay. me far too often. Anyway, Marcellus <laughs> Wiley, what is at stake for Steph Curry? Oh, man, not as much as he wishes was at stake. Let's talk about this, because I think – for all the Steph Curry fans out there, you're thinking, oh, man, Steph Curry wins another championship. And finally, a finals MVP. Woo! Legacy, look out. We on the move. We're on the rise. I hate to tell you this. Steph Curry is a fixture. And this is interesting because I'm listening to all the Steph Curry fans give me the ammunition to make this point. Steph Curry right now is not universally regarded higher than Kevin Durant and let's just say Akeem Olajuwon in terms of all-time greats. Correct? Correct, sir. All right. But if you look at them on paper and you did a blind resume, Steph Curry beats both of their resumes in terms of team success, in terms of checking the boxes. Hey, I'm a MVP, unanimous MVP. Hey, I'm a three-times champion. Oh, I got you guys or tied with you guys. But Steph Curry, by objective measure, is better than people who are subjectively regarded higher. You know what that means, people at home? That means no matter how much more you add to Steph Curry objectively, it won't have impact on his legacy. Give it to you like this. If Steph Curry wins his fourth championship, the bump from three to four is not going to be great enough to move his legacy. And then by having four, what is that going to change for Steph Curry? You're already a multiple champion. It's not like going from one to two. You're going from three to four. And Steph Curry finally says, no, I'm a finals MVP. Then we hear the argument of, well, Iggy was a finals MVP. Uh, winning finals MVP is not all that is dressed up to be. So what for Steph Curry is at stake? I hate to say it, man. Not enough. Steph Curry, props for getting here. Props for potentially winning another championship. Finally, you're going to get your finals MVP. All that said, in terms of legacy, in terms of grandness, you're going to be the same dude, a fixture. Absolutely not. Everything's at stake <laughs> for Steph Curry. Okay. Every single thing Everything. is at stake. What do I mean? Go. Steph Curry, if you win the chip and you are a finals MVP, now you are undisputed, without question, unanimously in the top 10 basketball players of all time. You wish. I don't wish. You wish. Sir, I will show you. Rub that Can genie. I go to the big board? Oh, you go. Can I go to the big board? You need some help Can on I, this I, one. I, I might need some help on this one. Suits a little tight. I've been eating good. I'm going to eat better <laughs> Memorial Day. Let's see it. But let's talk about the indisputable six, y'all. Indisputable six. There are six players in the top 10 that we never argue about. Mm. We argue about a lot of things in this life, but not about these six players. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, mm. Kareem, Magic, Bill Russell, Tim Duncan. Those are the six players in the top 10 that we never argue about. Why don't we argue about them? Because it's clear cut. They won at least four NBA titles and two NBA MVPs. So why do I bring this up? Because our guy Steph Curry, he's sitting at three titles mm. and two MVPs. But if Steph Curry gets to that fourth, he now becomes a part of the indisputable seven. 
It's currently six. I don't care where you rank them. You can close your eyes. Just throw the names out there. Russell, Kareem, Magic, Jordan, LeBron, Tim Duncan. I don't care where you name them. You're going to have these six because they gave you four titles and they gave you two MVPs. The second that Steph Curry gives you his fourth, along with his two MVPs, it's now an indisputable seven. So what's at stake for Steph Curry? If he wins another chip, he's in the top 10 all time. No questions, no discussion. We don't have to sit here and debate it. No barbershop conversations. Y'all can let the hair grow out and become raggedy because mm. Steph joins the list. So, Sel, as I look at it, yeah. Steph really got everything to play for. Yeah. All of these names are in the list, and he's about to be in the list himself soon. Man, this is called the big board. That means you can go bigger than just these six. Because I love how you try to limit it and try to blame it on the pixels or try to blame it on the sides of the board. When you know damn well, Will need to be somewhere up here. You know damn well, Kobe needs to be somewhere up here. It's disputed. Hakeem Olajuwon is not disputed. Another, another, another network that has four letters that we do not discuss. No. They not had Akeem not in the top 10, oh. and they had Kobe sitting at 10. Okay. Now, we don't discuss this network okay. for a reason, okay. but they get paid too. Okay. And they didn't even have Akeem uh. in the top 10. Mm. So it's disputable. Disputable. Exactly. Whereas I'm saying this list is indisputable. Okay. Like, you cannot argue All right. Jordan, Braun, Kareem, Respect. Magic, Respect. Russell, Respect. Tim. Respect. Now, on that list that they have in their top 10, I'm assuming there's a big O in there. Right? Yep. Yep. All right. Now we can't have that conversation. All right. Steph Curry, how is he going to surpass Kobe Bryant? How is he going to? He's not going to surpass him in terms of accomplishment this year. So why is he now going to put himself in this conversation? Why is he on this big board before Kobe if you can't even pass Kobe this year? Let's take this bite Great by question. bite. Great question. Great question. Let's go. The reason he can make himself indisputable is this. Kobe Bryant, to me, is a top 10 player. Okay. But to other people, you might argue, well, Kobe was never the best player during his first three runs. Mm -hmm. It was always Shaq. So Kobe just benefited from Shaq. The same argument for this guy? The difference, though, is um, Steph Curry has himself two MVPs. Does Kobe? No. That's where people no. are going to start to be like, ah, yeah. but Kobe wasn't the best player in basketball. Kobe was in a debate with Steve Nash. That's why Kobe didn't even win the MVP that year. Steve Nash actually won the MVP But that listen year. to this. You just told me the two things that's going to bump. Steph Curry up in legacy is finally a finals MVP mm -hmm. and a fourth championship when Kobe has five championships and two finals MVPs. So whatever your bump is for Steph Curry, it has no impact on Kobe's legacy in respect to Steph. Here's the only thing. That's one. Don't get distracted okay. by the Kobe of it all. Okay. Because in my mind, Kobe's a top 10 player. Okay, okay, okay. In my mind, Bird's a top 10 player. Okay. But I'm talking about things that people argue about. Okay. Like people argue if you want to put Bird in there, if you want to put Akeem in there, yeah. if you want to put KD in there. But they don't even argue about these ones. Yeah. If Steph wins another title, he now is immune to the argument. Argue about KD, uh, Sam. Right, you about ready? Team, you want Sam? the KD one? Here's Please. the KD one, all right? I'm at the barbershop with KD. We're going to be here a while because KD need to be in there. Here it go. KD in the barbershop with Steph Curry. Here goes KD. All right, Steph. Oh, this is going to be the year you're finally the best player on your championship team. Oops. Because the year that you won the first one, guess what? You didn't even win the finals MVP, even right. though Steph Curry was the best player. He didn't win the finals MVP. So now the finals MVP is supposed to make you someone better than me. But I got two of those. Oh, you're going to go back to what well, you got four championships. I only have three. Yeah, but if we do some deeper math, some complex math. He has two. Yes, sir. Two. he has two. 
And then Steph Curry, how many of those did you have without me? Potentially two. Two. So you're not better than me. When you gonna get better than me, homeboy? That's what KD. Mm, KD in there winning that argument, dog. Here, here, here's That's why, two dudes. Here's I got why, two more. Here's why KD here's not even. KD not even. I'm at argument. eight already. Here's why, why KD is not even Let's an go. argument. I'm about to break this down. About oh, to you break better break it down. This broke right now. <laughs> you better break it down. And Michael Jordan, the greatest player in basketball, LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them He's two. one of the two. Them two. Y'all realize when Michael Jordan was playing, nobody won as many as Jordan. Yeah. Nobody won as many as Jordan while, while he was playing. While he was playing. Or anybody won as many as Jordan at any point in time in his era. Mm. Right? Uh, uh, Kareem got himself six. Yeah. But Kareem didn't even see the second decade of Jordan's playing. Yeah. Jordan played, obviously, yeah. well nice. into and through the ninth. Yeah. Good point. Steph Curry, if he gets four, Ooh. he will have as many as LeBron James. Peace. If LeBron James is the greatest player in basketball, which you believe he is, I believe him to be as well, mm-hmm. along with Michael Jordan. Ooh. If LeBron James is the greatest player in basketball, right. Steph Curry, not only he would have as many as Jordan, okay. he would have them on Jordan's watch. Ooh. So for that reason and that reason LeBron's alone, watch. Yeah, if yeah. you got four and LeBron, the greatest player ever, and got you got four, him on his watch. I'm in the conversation yeah, with yeah, you, yeah. and I got him on yeah. your watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love all of that. Let me just tell you what's happening at the barbershop right now. KD, like, am I good? Because they ain't arguing about me no more. You talking about Steph Curry versus LeBron, which is a greater conversation, but you just skip past KD. I respect that. So, KD, you can get KD's up. KD's not got, in the conversation. Okay, KD, KD got Steph right now. Oh, look, right now, I'm saying if Steph okay. gets the four, it's not a conversation. Well, you, you forget they played together. So you got to respect the bump that KD already had on Steph because they played together and he took all of what Steph wanted. He took it. Finals MVPs, leader of this team in terms of points and championships. Like, it was me. Steph, right, I'm going to leave that Steph ain't want it. I, I wanted if to do Steph it. wanted it, he would have got it. Oh, does he want it this year? Because you sound like you... I don't even know that he cares. Ooh. Steph, okay. I guess Steph, you have to understand. Yeah. Andre Iguodala yeah. is a Finals MVP. I know. If Steph That's why they ain't going to make a difference. If Steph wanted to be a finals MVP, he would I like been that. a finals MVP. Like, go oh, ahead. People always say that. Oh, if I wanted to get it, if I wanted her number, if I wanted to be rich, do it. And then we'll have that conversation. LeBron's in the chair now. We really going to be here for a while. Hey, close up shop. LeBron's in the barber chair now. Why's he hey, there? Because you put him there. You talking about, well, you got all these championships on LeBron's watch. Uh-huh. LeBron's greatest attribute. Acho, I listen to you. I talk a lot, but I listen more. Yes, sir. Would you say it is LeBron's greatest trait? Making everyone around him better? Well, you said that, and also in terms of team success. Yes, sir. You said the fact that he was always there. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Ten. How many? Ten. What the ten? So now, all of a sudden, you're going to take that away to make an argument he only won four when it comes to Steph Curry. How many have Steph Curry went to? I'm not if we're gonna make the same argument no, for LeBron, I'm not take- use the same Clippers listen, on LeBron. You use no Steph. Listen to the argument closely. And first off, you can't use the same Clippers on them too. Steph got a full head. LeBron James, you got to be very close. You got to be very careful with the Clippers. <laughs> listen to it closely. Let's go. LeBron has four. If LeBron has four, and Steph can get four on LeBron James's clock, then Steph Curry has to be close in proximity to LeBron James. That's all I'm trying to tell you. Mm. Anybody that got as many as Jordan on Jordan's watch, Uh. Them cats is in the conversation. Okay. Like Magic got himself five Mm. around the same time as Jordan. Kareem got himself six. It, but then some around the same time mm. as Jordan. And you see where they mm. landed. So anybody that can get mm. as many as LeBron James mm. on his watch has yeah. to, by osmosis, yeah. be in the same space. I, I like your argument, but I think you're not respecting how LeBron did it. 
He franchised his greatness. He didn't just sit in one team, one spot, and say, hey, everything going to come here. Come to make. Because he could. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's great. You stand still. You got your mom and pop story. Everybody come to me. However, this is super cuts, bro. This is everywhere. LeBron, like, I went to three different teams. I went 10 times. I can recreate this model. That is a model of greatness, and, and he's up there. And when you talk about Steph Curry, we can't talk about him in this conversation of six. I like that. You put him up there indisputable and then try to dispute him. Okay. I'm not disputing. I'm not okay. disputing. LeBron, I'm not disputing. There are at least two or three other guys up here that we talked about that may be in the conversation for many people yes. more so than you. Hakeem. Oh, come on. Durant. Come on. Oscar. Come on. Will. Come on. Bird. Jerry Kobe. West. I don't go that far. Kobe. Right? Like, those are the, those are the six. So, there are three. There are currently four yeah. vacancies, right? Yeah. yeah. Those are the six names that yeah. could belong in those four vacancies. Yeah. If Steph wins another one, mm. then he now only leaves three vacancies. But my final, final, final Final point is very simple. Hmm. You've seen the greatness that played along beside Michael Jordan's greatness, and you see how you said, dang, if Magic won five, we got to put Magic up there. Yeah. Kareem, he won six, we got to put a Kareem up there. Hmm. Steph, if he wins four and was the unanimous MVP over yeah. the course of his career, yeah. there comes a point sale yeah. where let's stop debating it. Yeah. Let's stop with the little frou-frou arguments. Yeah. Just put my dog where he belongs yeah. in the indisputable soon-to-be Steph. Yeah, I wish this board could flip around because I'm sure Steph Curry would like to be on the other side with the other players that are still in front of him. All I know in my final argument is this. If Steph Curry thinks that his bump and legacy is going to come from a finals MVP, I'm here to tell him it won't. If he says it's going to come from going from three-time champion to four-time champion, I'm saying it may, but not as great as you think it will be. We got to switch gears, y'all, because, boy, we were up here hooping, talking <laughs> all that talk. But let's switch it up and take a look back at an exciting weekend in the USFL. Y'all know it's a party when the linebacker show up. Let everybody put their arm in. Let's go to work, man. I need the dogs to come out today. He got drilled. He's been big time. Beautiful ball. And a great catch, Willie Mays style. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what a throw and catch. Throw it up to the big guy. Look at the athletes. Drilled big time, explosive play. Oh, oh, one hand. And the ball is picked out of the air. Look at that play. Sloter. Gonna run. Sloter wins it. For breakers in overtime. Oh, come on, man. Y'all over here running no huddle now. <laughs> All right, there are definitely a lot of great moments like that one right there over the weekend. But, you know, a few plays always stick out from the rest. So, Sal, mm -hmm. what was your play of the week? Oh, man, you know I always got to go in those trenches, big dog. I see my boy Terry Beckner. Give him some love. Terry Beckner Jr., like MJ, sacking on Jamar Smith. As you can see right here. Come here. Let me show you how he did it. He had D-tackle. Got a little more on him than me. You can see the butt right here. You see the slap. You see the bench. Butt and bench. Grab and get away, and you can see the fans in attendance going crazy. Let's hold it again. Out here in that three technique, oh, Coach used to always try to put me in that technique. Oh, man, that's hands to the face. But you know what? We ain't going to call all of that right now. He gets lower. Inside hands always win in football, as you can see. Once you get the inside hands, you got the leverage, you got the vision, you've carried through through your move, you give him the skinny shoulder, we call it dead shoulder. Open up so you can have a wide radius. Get that quarterback in your grasp and do it. Oh, look at him in a basketball position. Stutter. A little stutter right there. You got to get skinny. You got to get slide right there. All that. I like this camera angle right here. Technology <laughs> USFL next level. My man Terry Becker Jr., beast. 
That was my play of the week. I love it. My play of the week. Let's get to the offensive end because we had a nice little pitch and catch mm. when you're talking about the USFL. I've seen some big-time plays, but this is one of my favorite. You got the quarterback, Cookus. He rolls out, rolls out, looks deep. Launch. He looks cool, launches it through the air, about 43 yards, Ooh. touch. I one, need that. That's easy hand. money. That's what we call the a freebie, baby. And then celebrate with your teammates. You got to take another look at it. Got to take another look at it. Caesar Rush oh, steps so up close. into the pocket, See just this? like in practice. Steps up, evades ah, a little Marcellus I've Wiley. been there before. <laughs> Not a big deal. So close. Rolls out. But here's my favorite part about it. Keep your eyes downfield. Yeah, when big. you got pressure, big. keep your eyes downfield. Defenders were scrambling when you get out the pocket. Mm. He finds Sewell. Great throw, great catch. It's going to be great coverage every single time. Man, and the action continues Saturday. Two of the USFL's best were off as the New Orleans Breakers face the league-leading Birmingham Stallions at 3 Eastern. Then Sunday, the Panthers battle the Stars at noon Eastern. Don't miss USFL football this weekend on Fox. Coming up, the Celtics are headed to the NBA Finals. We'll tell you if we're impressed by Jason Tatum in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Step top 10. Jason Tatum's 26 points and 10 rebound performance last night helped the Celtics eliminate the heat and advance to the NBA Finals. Tatum averaged 25 points and just over eight rebounds in the series on his way to being named the first winner of the Larry Bird Trophy as the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Got to bring in Fox NBA analyst Slick Rick the Buker. But Acho, were you impressed by Jason Tatum in the Eastern Conference Finals? I was very impressed by Tatum in the Eastern Conference Finals, but not impressed enough to further this all-time great or greatest player playing conversation. Like, mm-hmm. Slick, I was impressed, but I wasn't so impressed. Meaning this, mm. it's not enough for the Celtics to have won for Tatum's legacy. Tatum has to be the reason the Celtics win. If Tatum wants to be like that man who he so proudly represents, which is Kobe Bryant. Remember, Jason Tatum was wearing the Kobe Bryant armband yesterday and allegedly texted uh, Kobe's phone, his old phone, before Mm. the game. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. If Jason Tatum wants to be like that, to be a part of that legacy, then not only do the Celtics need to win – Tatum needs to be the reason they win. Let me see Slick real quick. Ah, we saw the game last night. You <laughs> stupid. Slick, me and Sal just spent the last 15 minutes arguing about Steph Curry. The only reason we were arguing about Steph Curry, Slick, is not because Steph Curry struggles to win, but we debate whether or not Steph Curry was the reason his team wins. Mm. I always yes. believe Steph Curry was the reason his team wins, whether he has the accolades to show it. But Marcellus Wiley, rightfully so, looks at the lack of accolades and is like, hey, congrats, Steph Curry won. But he won the reason they won. He ain't got no finals MVPs. Mm. Jason Tatum is going to unfortunately stay in that muddied argument unless Jason Tatum becomes the reason his team wins. Y'all watched the game last night. Sell slick. Y'all remember the announcers and even at halftime, the analysts saying that, Win or lose, Jimmy Butler should win the Larry Bird Eastern Conference uh, Finals MVP. We're sitting there saying that the opposing player should win MVP even though the opposing player loses. That is the fact. That just shows the lack of dominance that Jason Tatum had. Mm. For context, let me give it to you like this, y'all. Last year, when the Milwaukee Bucks won the title, en route to the Bucks winning the title, Giannis had 40 points to eliminate the Brooklyn Nets. Giannis had 50 points in a closeout game of the finals, tied for the most in the history.
victory of the sport to eliminate the Phoenix Suns. But more than that, Giannis made 17 of 19 free throws, 90% of his free throws, tied for the second most in finals history, minimum of 19 when you talk about that kind of field goal percentage. And Giannis shot 53% from the free throw line in the playoffs last year. So it wasn't enough for Giannis to win with the Bucs. But Giannis was the reason the Bucs won and had historical feats. So don't take offense when I say my impressedness of Jason Tatum <laughs> was limited. I'm just putting in context what I want to see from a player who many are arguing is about to become a generational type of talent. I was impressed. But Slick, I wasn't that impressed. Mm. Okay, so I'm not going to take exception to the fact that you're, you weren't that impressed. I'm going to take exception to it sounds as if you were not impressed. It sounds as <laughs> if you don't want to say you were not impressed, mm. but you really were not impressed. So before I give <laughs> you my take, tell me what impressed you. Because Ooh. all I heard about was what he didn't do or mm. what he wasn't. Mm. The only thing that impressed me, truth be told, they won. That's really that's that's what it comes down to. It. Okay. Jason Tatum but, is in the uh, NBA championship. Go ahead, Slick. Okay, but he wasn't the reason that he won. <laughs> I agree. And I agree. or that they won. I thought this was a collective win. I thought Jason Tatum had his moments. I tweeted it out right after the game. I said, "Let's be real. Jimmy Butler was the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Yeah, I, I, I believe that reward generally goes to." a player on the winning team, but there are exceptions, and this was one of them. Simply because when you step back and you thought, who was the most dominant player in this series for the most minutes? It was Jimmy Butler, even mm -hmm. though he was on the losing side. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel that with Tatum. And maybe I came into this series with expe expectations a little too high, but I left it thinking this sentence... He's not as blank as I thought he was mm. with Tatum in a variety of ways. His handle wasn't as tight as I thought it was. He wasn't as strong as I thought he was. When, if he couldn't face up, then he was struggling. He was turning the ball over in situations. He was timid in situations. That Those were all things that I did not think he would be on this stage and yet he was and it's why for the Celtics collectively I'm not as impressed with them coming out of this series as I was going into it because of them beating the Brooklyn Nets because they knocked out the Milwaukee Bucks and Tatum had big performances in that series he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Giannis Antetokounmpo to make that happen but in this series, there were so many circumstances where the opportunity was there to close it. And Tatum is the guy that I would look to to be that guy for the Boston Celtics. And he was not. He was not consistently through this series. So I come away with it. Yes, the Celtics won. Okay, if you're going to give the MVP to a player from the winning team, Tatum wins it, but he wins it by default, not because he seized it. And that's what I came away with uh, regarding Tatum from this series. Oh, man. God, you guys are some harsh critics. I was impressed by Jason Tatum all the way through. 
And he was the reason the Boston Celtics did advance, the same way that Steph Curry is the reason that the Warriors advance when it's a collective effort. See, Acho has two plays when it comes to Steph Curry. One is, oh, no, Steph Curry was the best player, or he led the team, or he was the reason. And then when you get him a little stuck in the corner, you know what he says? Oh, he deferred, and it was a collective effort. And we still give Steph Curry his flowers. It's time to give Jason Tatum his flowers. Oh, I know why you don't want to do it because we've not seen Jason Tatum finish the deal. We have not seen Jason Tatum win a championship. So how dare you have a collective effort and defer before we can first anoint you as an individual great. I get that. But you guys have to understand what you're doing to Jason Tatum. You're not grading him correctly. You're not grading him on the same curve. You grade all the other greats. That said, we know that Jimmy Butler was the leading scorer in the Eastern Conference Finals, which made a lot of analysts and announcers wrongfully say that he should have won the Larry Bird trophy. They gave it to the right guy. They gave it to Jason Tatum because, one, Jason Tatum led all players in plus minus deeper stat. But two, he was only second behind Jimmy Butler. And I know Jimmy Butler had those great two games. But do y'all also remember Jimmy Butler from games three to five? Uh, What was it? Eight points, six points. 13 points, you can say injury, whatever you want to say. We say anything when we're not seeing the results we want. But the point is, Jason Tatum didn't have those type of stinker games. He had his bad games as well. But he also didn't have the highest of high games like we saw from Jimmy Butler. So now we're getting into a law of averages. Who was the most, the closest to who they are most of the time? That was Jason Tatum in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not going to get into any other conversation that slights Jason Tatum, because not only was he a leader in terms of point score, was he a leader in terms of helping his team, but he was a stabilizing force that ignited that collective effort. Here's the issue, Cell. Here's the issue. Like, I love your point. The problem is former Cell is going to end up arguing with future Cell. Uh And I'm trying to eliminate the argument from ever occurring. Let's go. See, former Cell is acknowledging Jason Tatum being part of a collective, being conducive to the collection of winning. Mm -hmm. But future Cell is going to look at Jason Tatum and be like, but Jason Tatum didn't have any huge performances. Jason Tatum wasn't the reason they won. Was it Tatum or was it Brown? Was it Tatum? Was it Udoka? Was it Tatum or was it Smart who ended up ding up Curry? Was it Tatum or was it Horford who had a huge game? Was it Tatum or was it Grant Williams who somehow had... I'm trying to keep mm. former Cell from mm. arguing with future Cell. And the fact of the matter is, Jason Tatum was impressive from a collective standpoint. But we look at the NBA, I don't, I look at Steph Curry in the collective, but most people look yeah. at the individual. I hear. Jason Tatum only led all scorers once in that last series of the seven games. The same amount of times as Jalen Brown, who also led all scorers once. For context, Jimmy Butler led all scorers four times. So Tatum, if you were a scorer, I would assume you should be leading all scorers. If you were a lockdown defender then I don't know how Jimmy Butler goes off for 82 Mm. points collectively in the last two games. So I was impressed because they won. But people are going to undermine the uh, the collection of accomplishments unless Jason Tatum becomes the reason that they win. 
Uh, let me get Celis on here because, Acho, I think we're, we're closer to the same position here. Yeah, it really matters. A lot of it matters. How did you look at Jason Tatum coming into the series as to whether you were impressed by what he did in this particular series? Good point. Right. I was impressed with what Jason Tatum had done up till now, particularly when it came oh, to playing against that. the Milwaukee Bucks and going head-to-head with Giannis. I was less impressed because he was going up against Jimmy Butler and – while there are those that would anoint Jimmy Butler as being one of those guys, that's not a unanimous thought by any stretch. And I dare say, mm-hmm. and this is the question that I have for you, Celis. This is why I have to see you on the screen. Did you come away with being more or less impressed by Jimmy Butler? Your view of Jimmy Butler as a result of this series. Did you think more or less of him because of what he did in this series. I thought more of him, and I certainly had to go through okay. many a conversations of people telling me more about Jimmy Butler. So I'm with you, more. Okay, so uh, look, uh, did he have uh, down games? Yes, he missed the second half. He was hurt enough in mm-hmm. game three, suited up for every single game in the series, physically did not look right to me the entire series. Right, right. I would say the same for Jason Tatum. He was, he was challenged by some, some things. But every time, it's not just the numbers, it's when the numbers came. Mm. Game one, Boston Celtics come into this series as the favorite in spite of the Miami Heat uh, having home court advantage and having had the best record in the Eastern Conference. And what does Jimmy do? Jimmy comes out with a big game. And what does Jason Tatum do? Jason Tatum has seven turnovers. For me, it wasn't just the aggregate numbers and the overall averages. It was when they came. And yes, I am giving Jimmy Butler a discount because he, could, he was so injured he couldn't play the second half of game three, and I believe that impacted him in game four. But this series does not go seven games. Maybe this is the heart of it. This series does not go seven games without Jimmy Butler's contribution. And I dare say that if yep. Jason Tatum had been the Jason Tatum that I saw against the Bucks, it also doesn't go seven games. Mm. <sighs> There's nothing worse than when you get caught with a stray. Uh, the innocent victims in this conversation. And the innocent victim in this conversation really is Jason Tatum. Who y'all directing all of your real conversation towards? It's not even criticism. It's just conversation. It's Jimmy Butler. You guys walked away thinking True. much more of Jimmy Butler to the point where Destroy hits Jason Tatum and makes you say, okay, hey, what's going on, Jason Tatum? Just because y'all think more of Jimmy Butler. I'm listening. All right, hold, hey, hold hey, on. Hey. Marcellus, because I want to use an analogy that I think just you would, you would normally use, okay? Okay. The girl walks in. Mm. That's, your, that's your buddy's girl. And she walks in and he goes, hey, what do you think? You go, and there's another one that's, she's an eight. Mm. This one's a 10. Mm. He goes, what do you think of that? And you're like, well, that's nice, but damn, did you see that? Like, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. can't, yes, like, when course. you have Jimmy Butler there and you're yeah. asked the question, were you yeah. impressed by Jason Tatum? Yeah. You do what Acho did. I would. Yeah, kind of, yeah, but did you see Jimmy but, Butler? See? That is human go, nature. Go, 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 go. I'm, I'm with y'all. Fell made a great point, Slick. You made a great point, a great retort. I'm with both. So my thing is impressed is relative, big dog. Mm. Like impressed is relative on what everybody else did. Mm. I can only be so impressed with Jason Tatum when I saw what being impressed really looks like. And being impressed really looks like what Jimmy Butler did.
Being impressed really looks like playing all 48 minutes and dropping 35 points. Being impressed really looks like dropping 41 points in a must-win game. There was a closeout game, game six. The Celtics could have closed out the series, but Jimmy Butler said, nah, big dog. Last game, game seven, Jason Tatum could have said, it's not even going to be a game. I'm going to put this away early. Right. Remember mm. what Giannis did, game six versus Suns? I'm going to go ahead and just end this joint myself. And Jason Tatum did not do that. So, because being impressed is relative, like sick, Slick Rick says, the eight is a 10 until you see what a 10 really looks like. Now, all of a sudden, that eight just becomes an eight because you just remember the 10 exists. <laughs> Jason Tatum's <laughs> impressiveness is okay, only so okay, impressive okay. now that I realize what a 10 really looked like and uh, a 10-level performance was Jimmy Butler. God, man, we missed so many moments hanging out because, boy, <sighs> I could have schooled y'all on this one. Okay, so the 8 walks in, the 10 walks in. I know the conversation. We've all been there before, right? And I used to be that friend who used to say, oh, you see that 10? Sit down. Talk to her. Look a little deeper than this, the 10 that just walked in, and let's see if she stays a 10. That's what happened with y'all. Jimmy Butler walked in on Jason Tatum, and y'all said, Jason Tatum, excuse me. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? And all I'm going to do is tap y'all and say, y'all see and talk to Jimmy? Did y'all sit down with Jimmy? Jimmy Butler's ball, higher highs in this series, but also lower lows in this series. And Oh, don't, don't push back and say, well, he was hurt. If he wasn't so hurt that he couldn't play, he was fine enough to get on that court because Jason Tatum had his injuries, as you mentioned before, slick. So I got to respect Jimmy Butler. You look good. Now let's talk. Oh, that's why you still single. Oh, that's why people don't regard you as highly as you should be, according to Slick. That's why Slick's impressed. That 13-pointer, that 8-pointer, that six-pointer, that counts, y'all. That's the conversation. That's not the looks. That's the conversation. Every coach talks about ability, availability, and reliability. If coach says for four games, I could roll you out there, you're going to give me 47, 41, 35, 29. And then the other three, you're just going to give me 13, 8, and 6 and say my knee's sore. Oh, you're not so reliable. Excuse me, number 10. Maybe I shouldn't take you home because once we get home, they don't care how fine you are. It's how good you are. Coming up, the NBA Finals will have a lot of big names. We'll give you our top five list of the players we want in this series. That's next. Don't speak for yourself. Jimmy can't cook, y'all. Let me stop. <laughs> uh, yeah. The NBA Finals are set with the Celtics facing the Warriors. And each team has big names to get hyped up for. So we're giving you our top five players we want in the Finals. Keep in mind, this is not about legacy. It's about right now, right here. So, Acho, who's in your top five and where that basketball? Uh-huh. Y'all ain't gonna do that, huh? <laughs> My top five, big dog, at number five. Give me Clay Thompson. Give you Clay Thompson. Give me Clay when? Thompson. When? 2018? 17? Look, no, because Clay Thompson gonna come in big by game five. He gonna come in big by game six. I believe you said it's going six. I think it's going five. You think it's going five? Clay Thompson Good. is going to show himself to be one of the biggest players in this series. But my list is about to get real. Said no legacy. I said no legacy. That's Buffalo Wild Wings. Go ahead. And four. Mm -hmm. Give me Jordan Poole. Ah, we're thinking the same. I know why. Jordan Poole is like that. Mm -hmm. um, that's what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, like yeah. Jordan Poole is him. He that dude. He's never been scared of the moment. He's never been scared to take a shot on the court, off the court. Mm. Jordan Poole is absolutely a so when I think about who's going to be the fourth biggest player in this series, it's Jordan Poole. Okay. Number three, huh. Jalen Brown. 
Finally, you got a Celtic in there. You know you got to play somebody. God dang. <laughs> Jalen Brown, to me, the reason he's so high, if some people call that high, the dude is consistent. There you like, go. Jordan Poole, not necessarily consistent. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson, not necessarily consistent. But uh-huh. uh, Jalen Brown, he had five 20-point games and a 40-point game in the last series. You're talking about six games of 20 or more, including one 40-point game. Jalen Brown is a dude, two-way player. Mm. Number two, Jason Tatum. Needs no introduction. We spent the last five minutes talking about him. His game speaks for itself. Number one, y'all know what it is. I show up. Y'all know what it is. What it is. Steph Curry. Oh, he going to win the finals MVP finally. Averaging 26, (laughs) 6, 4, one, four, one, four, two, four, one. Steph don't Against play with no food. One. Against no one. <laughs> no, I don't want to eat that, Marcia. Uh, Brad, no, I don't want to oh, eat that. They be playing with their food. But Curry, them boys, they don't play with their food. Uh. I like my list, but I'm interested in yours. Dude. Okay, let, let me get to my list before. People act like Jimmy Butler, game six. Oh, God, he had 47. You know Jason Taylor had 39-4 and four in that game, and nobody looked at him. Because they lost, I get it, but he did show up. All right, let me give you my list. Number five. I got to go roll these dice, but guess what? This is a smart bet. Andrew Wiggins. People tripping on Andrew Wiggins right now. It's not where you're at. It's where you're going. And every series this postseason, guess who's gotten better? Andrew Wiggins to the point where now he's a reliable piece for them. Back in that all-star bag and showing why he was a number one overall pick. Number four, Mr. Consistent, as you mentioned, Jalen Brown. Man, it's something that... It's almost an alpha, alpha-led team because they switch it based on series, based on matchup, who's going to be the point scorer, who's going to be the leader of the team. But Jalen Brown's always going to be a constant. Much respect to him. Number three, let's go with Jordan Poole. Hey, go hard or go home. If you're going to bet big, that's risk and reward. Jordan Poole, here's the problem. I can't have Wiggins up here and Jordan Poole and Jordan Poole higher when Jordan Poole is coming down the hill every single series in terms of production. But something tells me, Ah, Steph Curry going to get to that guy. Relax your shoulders, big dog. You ready for this moment. You don't have to already have been in this moment. Jordan Poole, you might roll the dice pick at number three. Number two, it's going to get simple, y'all. Y'all know what this is. We got my man Jason Tatum right there. You thought it was going to go Steph Curry just for the spice. I'm I'm not a hater. I just tell the truth too early. That's all I am. Jason Tatum, you know that Steph Curry and Giannis have the most 30-point games this postseason. Next behind them, Jason Tatum. A lot of people not putting respect on this game or trying to give resistance to his greatness. Number one, Seth Curry on the shot, boy. Why? Because you keep saying that all his career, he's been deferring. I know how I played sports. It was based on us being primal. We are alpha males. We are out there trying to get it. There's never a time in my life where I took a backseat, but there's been times I've been forced in the backseat. This year, I need Steph Curry to not only dominate in these finals, but also get that MVP. So this is how I know, this is how I know Steph Curry don't really mess with Marcellus. Look at Marcellus' Steph Curry picture. He like, I don't even want to be on your list. Hey, you do. Man, look at my Steph Curry picture. Face, He's face. looking at me like, hey, big dog, it is what it is. This stuff ain't even rocking with you, just he so ain't. you know. You know what's crazy? I noticed that both of us, we see this series going the same way. I think Golden State winning. Slight edge for me, greater edge for you. But if we look at the players, it's, it's kind of simple. More Warriors yeah. are top tier for us than with the Boston Celtics. Do you think Wiggins will have a bigger series than Clay? More yes, impact? Yes, yes, he has to. One, because he's just at a place where he has so much to prove. And this is the greatest eraser in terms of legacy or the greatest bump you can get in terms of who you are thought of and who you can be gone after this series. I think Wiggins going to go out there and go hard. So mark my word, whatever today's date is, uh, May 30th, Clay Thompson will win a game. 
That's why I have Clay Thompson. Win a game. Like, he leading one of the games. He will be the leading scorer and be the reason that the Warriors win. Mark my word. I'm saying it right here, right now. May 30th at roughly 1. 10 yeah. p.m. Why? Because remember, closeout game versus the Mavericks, Clay Thompson. There you go. Closeout game series before versus the Grizzlies, game six, Clay. Mm. I think we are going to see Clay Thompson single handedly win a game. Do we got Slick Rick? We got yeah, Slick we got to go to the Bay Area. Let's talk to Slick right now. Slick, you see our list up here. You see our rankings, pretty yeah. much same names outside of a Clay Thompson and yeah. Wiggins. Poke some holes in our list. What do yeah. you think of our rankings? So we're just not going to consider defense at all. Like, that's just not even going to be a factor in the NBA Finals. Acho clearly has no interest in defense. Uh, He didn't have a single defender up there. Uh, Marcellus, at least you had Andrew Wiggins, but you slipped him in in the bottom. And then you told me about how much better Andrew Wiggins is than Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is just nosediving through these playoffs. So why isn't Andrew Wiggins higher? Look. I don't care if it's Al Horford. I don't care if it's Draymond Green. Mm. I don't care who it is you're going to put in there. Put a Kavon Looney if you want to. (laughs) Like, those are going to be – one of those guys is going to be instrumental. One of those guys is going to win their matchup. The size difference – maybe it's Robert Williams. There you go. Uh, You don't have the defensive player of the year even mentioned anywhere. We can't slide him in there. And finally, the Jordan Poole. Like, he's been electric. He's been fun. He has not been good in these playoffs. Yeah. His defense is non-existent. Whatever he's scoring, he's giving it up at the other end. Andrew Wiggins has to be on your list. Here's the problem. Outscored Jordan. Uh, you oh, may not know this. Talk to him Andrew Wiggins outscored Jordan Poole against the Dallas Mavericks. You want a 30 or 20? I need a 30. We in Texas? I need a 30. <laughs> okay. All right. Texas All right. Here's my thing, Slick. Um, what did the Heat miss most against the Celtics? The Heat missed most scoring. Firepower. Somebody who would get a bucket. Like, Duncan That's Robinson, good. in case y'all were wondering, he did not play a minute mm-hmm. leading up until the series right. versus the, the, the Heat, versus the Celtics. Celtics yeah. Then all of a sudden, the Heat were so desperate for firepower that they disregarded how bad Duncan Robinson is at defense, mm-hmm. and they just said, hey, Duncan, you get out there, big dog. Somebody. The Heat were so desperate right. for firepower that Tyler Hero, on one <laughs> groin, they were like, hey, you get out there, big dog. Yeah. I feel you on defense. Yeah. I'm a defensive player by nature. But at the end of the day, this series is going to come down too slick to firepower. That's why Jordan Poole okay. is still on my list. Talk to me. Okay. Why do you think that the Heat were struggling to find firepower? Somebody who could put the ball in the basket. It was because Al Horford owned Bam Adebayo for the majority of that series. Mm. Took out one of their biggest, best players. That's going to be a factor here. If they're not getting anything what? inside, if Al Horford is dominating no the boards. Here's my problem with that. that. Here's my problem with that. You're supposed to count on Bam for 20 to 25 a game, at least 17 to 25 a game. Bam gave you 25 and 11 last night. Who Horford taking out for the Warriors? Mm. Draymond? I'm counting on Draymond to give me six. Two of them going to be layups. So, <laughs> Al Horford is almost rendered useless. You could have made a better argument for smart. I would have gave you that. Mm. But Horford ain't doing nothing. 
Williams ain't doing yeah, that. Slick. Williams ain't doing slick. that. Slick. You, we're in the same mindset, Slick. Like this game, this series to me is going to come down to, to the firepower. It's going to come down to the talent. It's going to come down to the top heavies. What you're talking about is how they're going to muck it up. That's how the Celtics want to play it. They want to keep this game yeah. close, close to the best. And then let's get a little dirty work in there, stay in the trenches, and hopefully get a game or two that way. Problem is, when you go against Steph Curry and these guys, if they're on fire, if they're lighting it up like they can, there's no Don't defense matter. made that's going to stop that. I can't. Look, if they get on a roll the way Jordan Poole was on a roll earlier, yeah, yeah. yes, but what the Boston Celtics are the best defensive team in the True. league, not by yeah. accident. Yeah, like, fair. They're going to bring that. And, and, Acho, you make a fair point in terms of, like, who does Horford have to stop? First of all, his help defense and being the backbone is going to stop everybody. They're not going to get shots at the rim the way that they did against Dallas. Mm. The second part is, who's stopping Al Horford? Al Horford can step out and the shoot birth, a three. Certificate. Al, Al Horford can get busy on the on the block. Yeah. So I think, I, I it, think it age kind of goes both stop. ways. Flint, can I get your five real quick before we go to break? Can yeah, we get we, your top five in the series? I didn't have a I didn't have five. Well, I'll go. Look, Steph's a good call. Jason's a good call. Andrew Wiggins is a good call. Okay. I'm J- going to J- put Al Brown. Horford. Oh, okay. Okay, who's your yeah, fifth? Jalen Brown. This Jalen yeah. Brown turns the ball over too much. I, I can't. I can't have it. And I'll put Clay in there. There. Oh, damn! You just split so our list. Clay, Al, okay. Tatum, uh-huh. Steph, Steph Wiggins. Four. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting, though, man. Now I got offense and defense. Are we gonna see a fatigue Celtics team that swept first round? Four three, four three. Talking about maximum gains, maximum effort. They gonna need it against this squad that could shoot the lights out, maximum style. Coming up, the Celtics were able to celebrate last night after their big win. We'll tell you what we learned from the Eastern Conference Finals. That's next on Speak for Yourself. So it sounds like Slick picked my list. <laughs> Jimmy Butler averaged nearly 26 points in the Eastern Conference Finals, but he missed a potential go-ahead three-pointer in the closing seconds last night. On the other side, Jason Tatum averaged 25 points in the series and was named Eastern Conference Finals MVP. His Celtics are on their way to the NBA Finals. Slick is back with us, but Acho, what did you learn from the Eastern Conference Finals? Man, the most telling thing I learned is that sandbagging only works if you win at the end. If mm. you win at the end. Slick Rick, mm. me and Stel talk about this all the time. No teammate we truly hurt, hated worse in the offseason than the teammate Slick who, through the first 19 of 20 reps, just kind of jogs and strides. <laughs> we got 20 sprints, 20 100-yard sprints, and through the first 19 reps, they just casually coast, mm. finishing middle of the pack, maybe towards the end of the pack. But when coach blows a whistle, last rep, fellas, the person who had been coasting the whole time gives it everything he has and blows everybody away. And the coach applauds that individual for finishing in first on the last rep. That is the most hated teammate in all the sports. Why? Because that individual sandbag. I start to think of Jimmy Butler as that individual. Reason being, Jimmy Butler is robbing his legacy. Sandbagging only works if you win. That's actually what I took away from the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, do y'all realize Hmm. Jimmy Butler had performances as epic as LeBron James, 2012, Eastern Conference Finals, Game 6? Y'all realize that Jimmy Butler, as far as points per game, was there with Dwayne Wade and LeBron James? We're talking about two of the greatest heat of all times. 
But is Jimmy Butler going to go down as one of the greatest Heat of all time? No, because he didn't seal the deal. So it's amazing to be a phenomenal postseason player, which Jimmy Butler was and is. But if you're going to be a phenomenal postseason player and not win, you also got to be a really good regular season player. And Slick, while I was watching the game, I almost felt a bit dejected for Jimmy Butler because we're not going to remember any of this. And thus, we're not really going to remember Jimmy Butler all that much. And it's a shame because he gave us some of the Mm. greatest performances we've seen in the playoffs. Mm. The dude played Mm. every single minute. And only by a foot short on a three is he not playing in the NBA Finals. But Slick, four months, we're not talking about Jimmy Butler. Yo, y'all remember that 41-point game he had and that 35-point game he had in a loss? Like, we're not talking about it. So the Mm. biggest thing I learned is for those athletes that want to coast in the regular season, I get it. But sandbagging only works Mm. if you win at the end. Don't be that teammate who finishes middle of the pack in all 19 reps. Then on the last rep, you don't win because then you end up having lost it all. And while Jimmy Mm. Butler was amazing, I just hate for his legacy. The truth be told, what we going to talk about this season in regards to Jimmy Butler? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. I don't want to mm. go – Jimmy Butler and how we view him and what he accomplished or didn't accomplish, I think I want to save that for another Please time because it's a rich vein that you're, that you're digging into. Mm. What I uh, learned from the Eastern Conference Finals is that the Boston Celtics are not ready for this bright, hot spotlight on this stage. I thought that they were in the way that they knocked off the defending champions and the way that they swept the Brooklyn Nets. The fact that this is for some of its, uh, I believe for, for Jason Tatum and most of them are this core, it's the third time that they've been in the Eastern Conference Finals and they finally got over the hump and they're going to the finals. But you talk about sandbagging. I don't know how to define what it is that the Boston Celtics did or what it took to get the best out of them, but they didn't bring it freely. They didn't bring it unilaterally. They had to lose game one and be somewhat embarrassed in order to dominate game two. And then they relaxed again and they give you a subpar performance in game three. And now they're up against it down in the series and they give you a dominating performance in game four. And then The Miami Heat basically hand them game five because for whatever reason, they simply could not make a shot. I I can't give all the credit to Boston. And now they have the opportunity to close it out in game six and make a statement, and they give it right back. And even in game seven, they have this game in hand. And then in the final minutes, they allow the Miami Heat, without Tyler Harrow, without P.J. Tucker, with basically Jimmy Butler and Max Struess as the only two guys who can hit a shot, They allow them to go on a 10-0 run. So what I saw was Mm. that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who we've been told is this dynamic duo, Jason Tatum in particular, they didn't close with authority. They didn't beat the Miami Heat as much as they outlasted them. So what I learned is that my confidence that the Boston Celtics were fully capable of of beating the Golden State Warriors – was shaken to the core in this series. 
because they don't look ready for this primetime action. And I thought at this stage they were. Mm, Great words from both of you guys. Let me chime in. Let me add that I learned in the Eastern Conference Finals that the unspoken is heard the loudest. Oh, this reminded me of Sports 101, when coach always talks about the fundamentals, the basic things. And we're not talking about tangibles. I think a lot of times, and I'm learning this as I'm starting to work with a lot of youth in coaching, that no matter how gifted you are, it's how you play the game. So all those skills, big, fast, strong, talented, can shoot, blah, blah, blah. You have to make sure you translate those into the great gift of the orchestra of how you play this game. Woo. Oh, a lot of names come to mind in terms of great talents, but didn't necessarily translate it to great performances. The unspoken is heard the loudest. Let's talk about it. Al Horford, Marcus Smart, missed game one. Did we see their impact? Yeah. Now, these are not the guys that you want to run the system through, run the offense through, run the game plan through. No, we know who that is, Tatum and Brown, right? And then I bring up another name that no one mentions, rarely. It's Robert Williams. I want to remind you guys that the Celtics have won four of their last five games when Robert Williams plays. I know he's in and out the lineup, so a lot of people are not putting this together. So now you start thinking of a team with Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and Robert Williams. No one is thinking that that's a championship team unless you start to realize what the Boston Celtics are. I disagree with you, Slick, in the sense of that they're not ready for this moment. No, all they need to do is remix the formula for this moment. The Celtics allow only 94 points a game, and they allow their opponents to shoot under 40%, under 30% from three when Robert Williams plays in those games. So here's the formula. I don't know about you, Slick, but uh, I call myself a chef. This is Memorial Day. I'm about to go back in the ba- a backyard today. Acho, Acho coming through. Yeah. I'm going to burn the whole damn backyard down because that's how I like it. Well, 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 well done. And then that's what it is. But I learned something because I used to be a, a French fry maker in my bigger days. Let's just talk about French fries. And I, I remember I found this formula day one. Everyone gets their French fries, you know, whether you're going to deep fry them in the oil, you're going to be now, oh, on, I got an air fryer. I'm going to do them crispy and make them lean. Whatever you're going to do, that's how you're going to make your fries. And then what do we do? Two places you run. Either go get the salt or you're going to go where I'm from. You're going to get that seasoned salt, right? And then you got it on there, that Laurie's, and you, I got, yeah, in heaven. <laughs> Everybody in heaven. But I took him to a greater place, Slick. I said, you know what? I'm about to do it different. So then I got them fries, deep fry them. But before I throw them in there, you know what I hit them with? The salt first. Oh, when you put the salt on the first and then it fries itself into there, you ain't even got to add it after it. So it's about prioritizing, guys. It's about what do you do in order for success? Ha! Boston Celtics. I know you're going to get your buckets through Tatum and Brown. But please, prioritize what you guys are greatest at. The only thing you're going to look at the Golden State Warriors and say, we are kings of, is playing defense and making it dirty. The cleanest way for a victory for the Boston Celtics is to dirty this thing up. Coming up, Jerry Jones. Oh, I'm hungry right now. I think C.D. No. Lamb is an upgrade <laughs> over Mark. You don't want to make them fries today. Too good, boy, boy. We'll tell you if we have a problem with that bold statement next on Speak for Yourself. See what I'm saying, Slick? Amari Cooper is in Cleveland after an offseason trade, and 
Cowboys owner and general manager Jerry Jones said CeeDee Lamb will be an upgrade as the team's number one wide receiver. Jones said it's no knock on Cooper, but Lamb has the makings of a complete number one receiver. In quote, production in the huddle and off the field. So, Sal, mm-hmm. you okay with Jerry Jones saying CeeDee Lamb is an upgrade over the Cowboys' former number one receiver? Mark Cooper. I am, man. I actually am. This was a muscular move, a genius move by Jerry Jones. One, this was not by accident, y'all. This isn't Jerry Jones being comfortable with someone on the interview and a podcast just talking loosely. No, this was intentional. And I want both parties to understand his intent. His intent for you, Amari Cooper, was simple. The same thing he felt about me probably at the end when he gave me my money. You didn't earn all that. You didn't live up to those standards, those expectations. And I want you to understand that when you move on to Cleveland like you are. Now, what I really am trying to do is recruit the services and the full professionalism of you, C.D. Lamb, because we know you're a talent. But you notice that Jerry Jones broke this down to not only just on the field production, but in the huddle and off the field character. He basically said, look, I didn't want to pay a quitter. In Amari Cooper. And I don't want you, CeeDee Lamb, to, under, to ever get into a conversation where you let your teammates down to the point where they may think or I think you're a quitter. This was done with full intention to not only say goodbye with the past, but hello to a brighter future and CeeDee Lamb with intention. I don't mind Jerry Jones saying it at all. I'm OK with them saying it. But I hate his reasoning behind it. Okay, what's your- Right. Is CeeDee Lamb a number one wide receiver? Is he an upgrade over Amari Cooper? Potentially. Maybe. Likely. But what's your thought process? We talked about this last Thursday's show. I don't necessarily care if you give me the right answer to the test. I'm one of them teachers that needs you to show, show your work. work. <laughs> show your work. Show your work. So, Jerry Jones, what work did you show? Oh, you said that CeeDee Lamb was a number one receiver because of Production mm-hmm. in the huddle and off the field. So that third characteristic off the field is real questionable for me, Jerry, because you're focused too much about the star. Mm. And in my mind, that's why y'all don't win the rings. Oh, See, Jerry Jones has won off the field. Cowboys are worth $5 billion, I believe, last time I checked. They yeah. are the most valuable organization in sports. If you walk into the Cowboys practice facility, uh, one Frisco way in, in Frisco, Texas, I believe that's what it is, uh-huh. $1 million in chandeliers. I used to work there for Damn. two years. Damn. Jerry Jones wins off the field, but his problem is he ain't winning on the field. Don't tell me that CeeDee Lamb's a number one receiver off the field based on what? He got a doper name? He does. C.D. Lamb is a number one name if I've ever heard it. Based on what? He carries himself with more of a swagger. He does. Mm. C.D. Lamb got much more swag based on persona, if you will, than Amari Cooper. But that'll win you titles. Think about it like this, y'all. Break this down very simply. Mm. You watched the game yesterday, Heat versus Celtics. Come on, of course. Who was the Rams player that was? Aaron uh, Donald. Aaron Donald. Oh, Aaron Donald looked good, looked fresh. Was Aaron Donald the Super Bowl MVP? No. Who was? Uh, Matthew Stafford. No, no, Cooper Cup. I saw them both last weekend. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford. We saw him at the Lakers game after winning the Super Bowl. I have yet to see 
Cooper Cup. Oh, he was there. All I, but I ain't seen him. Cause I don't care if he was there. I ain't seen him. I synced at them. And he was there and he was at our but game. I ain't seen game. Cooper Cup yet. Oh, I hear your point though. At a Miami Heat game, courtside kicking it, chains on ring. I ain't seen Cooper Cup uh-uh. yet. I don't think at a Lakers is. game, courtside kick. I ain't seen him there. yet. He's been there once. But he was a triple crown winner in football best receiver. Mm. He was a Super Bowl MVP mm. best receiver. Mm. So I don't mind that Jerry Jones says mm. CD Lamb is an upgrade over Amari Cooper. But when he showed me his work, his work was wrong because CeeDee Lamb is a much bigger personality off the field. At some time. I get all that. Mm-hmm. But that's not what should make him a number one receiver over Amari Cooper. The last thing I'm going to say, because you're going to say it and you're going to close it. What you say? Amari Cooper, 5,000-yard seasons in seven years. When? Amari Cooper, 1,000-yard season with Andy Dalton, with Derek Carr, Who? with Dak Prescott. When? Amari Cooper has been consistent. CeeDee Lamb, we still have yet to see it. So I don't mind the answer, oh, really? Jerry Jones. Oh, okay. But your work mm. is wrong. I got to do this. Um, I'm going to get to the bigger point later. Let me just hide it. Let me bury the lead. Uh, what receiver has the most receptions, reception yards in Cowboys history after their first two years? Nope, not Michael Irvin. It's C.D. Lamb. I understand different era. That's no slight to Michael Irvin. It is a slight to you, Mari Cooper. You had a chat for those first two seasons as a Cowboy. Mari Cooper had eight games last year with no receiving touchdowns. Guess what the Cowboys did in those eight games? He ain't scoring anything. Went seven and one. <laughs> Jerry Joe, like, I paid, I paid a dude $20 million. He ain't scoring no touchdowns, and we win it every game. Man, you all get the hell up out of here with your quitting ass. So here we go. This is my greater point, even though we saw the production every year for Mari Cooper go down. Why? Yards every year went down to the point where he went under 1,000, 865. Come on, big dog. Be real about this. You brought up an amazing point, and I would love to talk about it further, but probably don't have enough time right here. I hate this statement, and you made me finally feel why I hate it. You can't talk the talk if you don't walk the walk. That's some craziness. You know why? Because you may know better, but can't do better. i give you an example. I know a few pastors personally. Mm-hmm. Some of them getting divorced out here in these streets. I don't know what's happening to the congregation, but it looks different. Now, he know better, but he just can't do better. But should he stop preaching the word of which I need to know so I can do better? Ah, you caught that right there. You over here mad at Jerry Jones because he know he can't control himself, but he still knows better. He still knows what he looks for in a number one receiver, and he knows that he was seeing that fall short with Amari Cooper on top of the times where Amari Cooper didn't even show up for his teammates as he should. We'll get into that one deeper because, boy, we need to go to church and talk about what's happening. Coming up, Jimmy <laughs> Butler came very close to being a hero in Game 7. We'll tell you if we liked his decision to go for three late in the game. Next on Speak for Yourself. Celtics were up two with under 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and Jimmy Butler pulled up for a potential go-ahead three-pointer. But, bang, click, clack. Miss. Eric Spolter said he was sure it was going down and the Celtics went on to win game seven. Take a listen to Butler on his decision to shoot that track. My thought process was go for the win, which I did. Um, missed the shot, but uh, I'm taking that shot. Um, my teammates liked the shot that I took, so I'm living with it. Uh, Cho, you like Jimmy Butler's decision to go for three at the end of the game? I love it. I love Jimmy Butler's decision to go for three because it was Jimmy Butler's decision. Yeah. So oftentimes when watching sports, we're like, why didn't the athlete do this? Why didn't the athlete do that? 
The athlete knew what was in the best interest of the athlete at that point in time. Jimmy <laughs> Butler knew he was out of gas, y'all. Tie, boss. He knew he had played every single minute. And if he goes for two, even if he does make a contested two, because Al Horford was there, one of the best mm. Celtics defenders, to contest a shot. Even if he makes a contested two, now we got to go into overtime. <laughs> where once again, I got to play every minute of OT. Jimmy Butler knew that he was tired and he made the best decision at the time. Mm. Now, here's the greater point. For those who want to say Jimmy Butler's only an 18% three-point shooter, mm. it was dumb. Mm. No, 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 no. Big-time players rise to the occasion. Mm. Truth be told, I'm not mad at Jimmy Butler for missing the shot. But big-time players rise to the occasion, hit the shot. Mm. What do I mean? Y'all remember Giannis, game Five, a minute, 40 seconds left. Giannis was three for 20 from three in that series versus the Boston Celtics. Just a month ago, Giannis goes for three down by six, minute 40 left. Why would he go for three? A 15% three-point shooter. He yeah. goes for three and he makes it. We have the heroics from Drew Holiday. Milwaukee Bucks win that game. Y'all remember Giannis last year, 53% free throw shooter, NBA Finals. He shoots 90%, 17 for 19 from the free throw line. Why would he want to go to the line that much? Mm. Because though Giannis is not a great three-point shooter and he's not at all a great free throw shooter, a big-time player has to make a big-time play in a big-time game. Jimmy Butler was trying to be a hero, which he should have been. He had been the rest of the series the last two games. I have no issue with Jimmy Butler taking a shot because it was Jimmy Butler who took the shot. Man, I, I didn't like the decision. Because I didn't like the results. Sometimes it's just that simple. You know, hey, hey, you go to Vegas a whole lot. I know. And here you go. All right, dealer showing three, right? Blackjack, right? You split them? You double down? You doing something, huh? You got you, you sitting there like, oh, look at me. I got 20. Oh, I'm doing something, right? And then all of a sudden the dealer beats you. Because I didn't like the result? I didn't like your decision. But that was a great decision. So I'm with you there. I'm just trying to be funny. All seriousness. You got to live with your decisions, and then you got to live with your results. And sometimes they go together. Sometimes they go different directions. But if you're shooting 18%, maybe you should decide differently because <laughs> the chances are that's going to be the result. Clank. Coming up, the Heat had a three-pointer taken away several minutes after. I said after it was shot. I'll tell you if we have an issue with that play being overturned. Next on Spectacular. What do you do if they have a three? You split? Max Bruce knocked down a three-pointer in the third quarter to cut the Celtics' lead to two points. But after several minutes of game action and a Celtics run, the call was overturned by the NBA's replay center. After it was ruled, Spruce's feet touched the out-of-bounds line. Whoa, Eric Spolster said he was, quote, in shock after the decision. Uh, Joe, you have an issue with overturning the three-pointer from Struth? I hate it, and I'm starting to hate officiating by the referees, not the officials. I'm starting uh, to hate the rules. Uh, so there is human error in sports. Yes. And either we're going to tolerate human error in sports completely, or we need to get rid of it completely. Mm. But this kind of gray error of human error <laughs> is stupid to me. <laughs> I like it. If you are going to go back and correct the points within a game – Five minutes later, because it was five minutes real time later and three minutes of game time later, then what are we doing? Mm. Then let artificial intelligence completely (laughs) officiate the game. And it's not that outlandish. Cars can drive themselves down the interstate. Why can't we just have machines, robots, and technology Mm. uh, uh, officiate the game? You've played sports. I did. There's a difference between how you play when you are down by 21 and Mm. when you are down by two. 
Good point. There is a difference in how you play when you are down by single digits and when you are down by double digits. It just feels different. Mm. Even as a fan, I was watching the game hoping that the Heat made it competitive. I didn't care for the Heat to win. I just wanted to make it competitive. Bro, there was such a difference when they went from an eight-point game to an 11-point game. All of a sudden, I was like, ah, we ain't got a chance. We being the Heat, we ain't got a chance. As if that three was just the biggest difference. But the reason I hate it is Mm. either we are going to tolerate human error in its entirety or we need to eliminate human error in its entirety. But I hate this gray area for human error. It's just dumb to me. Think about what's even dumber. How can you successfully challenge a call and lose your challenge for the game? That part. I'm going to atone for the error of a referee. And because I atone for the error of a referee, I'm going to lose my ability to atone for their error later in the game when it's mm. an even more glaring error. Mm. So I don't have as big an issue with the officials as, if I, ha- as I have with officiating the rules. Man, everything you said was strong and accurate. And it's to my point. No solutions, young man, just trade-offs. And here we go. People first complain, hey, we wanted to get it right. Every play, get it right. You got rules, abide by the rules, and make sure that you get it right. Fine, we're going to try and get it right. Oh, come on, I'm watching the game. You guys are sitting there. You're going back to your command center. You got headphones on, look at the TV. It's taking too long. I want my game to play. All right, I thought you wanted me to get it right. To get it right, it's going to take time. It takes time for this cake to bake. So, now, we're in this place. They actually said, you know what we're going to do? Mental note, we are going to review that. Command center, whoever it may be, keep playing. And then we know how to make these points add up, and we also know how to subtract them. Y'all don't see that often, but it can happen. So now, where do the complaints go? They're actually trying to listen to the noise that comes from they're not getting it right just yet. So I don't know what the solution is. Do you stop gameplay and let them just say, we need 10 minutes to figure this out. Or do you say, keep playing, and in 10 minutes, we figured it out. Now we're going to go addition or subtraction. This is why there's an industry called like Uber Eats and delivery service and all that. You know where it comes from? Man, I want to eat, but I ain't got time to go through the process. I don't want to wait. Well, you don't. You're going to order. You're going to get fat. That's life right now. These officials are under the thumb of the fans, and the fans want it all. But what's the solution? What would you do? Like uh, artificial intelligence. AI? AI. Mm. I'd eliminate refs and make every call perfect if that's what we want to do. So lasers in baseball, like tennis with the instant replay, it's time to do that in there. Elon Musk on line one. Coming up, the (laughs) Lakers have a new head coach, and LeBron appears to be happy about it. Tell you what we think of Darvin Ham coming to L.A. That's next on Speak for Yourself. Yeah, AI would help. The Lakers have hired Bucks assistant coach Darvin Ham to be their next head coach. According to reports, the news was positive for LeBron James, who tweeted, So damn excited. Congrats and welcome, Coach D. Ham. Ah, Cho, you disappointed in the Lakers head coach and hire? I'm not. I don't think it's a sexy hire, not a big name hire, but I respect the hire. He's a champion as a coach, he's a champion as a player, and he was on one of my favorite teams, that 04 Piston squad, which I think is the best team when you talk about mm. collection of talent without a superstar in the last two and a half decades. I like the hire. I echo everything you said, and I had a conversation or two 
with uh, some of my intel. I call them satellites. They everywhere, right? So, you know, I know a couple people that know, know a couple people that may know a couple things about this situation. They said the key words I wanted to hear. He ain't no punk. So he's coming in there and you going respect him. Command respect, deserve respect, champion on the court, champion on the sidelines, and now... You gonna oh, be a champion on the grill, though? Because if I'm going all the way to the cut to yeah. eat some barbecue... Ain't you been eating good already? You better use them stored carbs. That's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> what you said? <laughs>